This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to the Wharton Sports Business Show on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM 111. Welcome back. This is the Wharton Sports Business Show on Business Radio, Sirius XM 111. This is George Perry, your host. We just finished talking with Eric Fisher of the Sports Business Journal on baseball, but we are now going to uh, bring on another guest, a terrific guest, Sam Flood, who is the president of production and executive producer at NBC Sports and NBC Sports Net. Um, he oversees all aspects of sports production for both networks and is a 29-time Emmy Award winner and three-time Eclipse Award winner. Sam, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Kind of excited. On the eve of the playoffs, no better time for a hockey fan than when the run for the Stanley Cup begins. I agree, and, and, and this is a sports business show, so I probably shouldn't ask you this, but I'm a huge Capitals fan. Can we can we get over the hump this year? It'll be a tall test because the East is stacked. <laughs> you look at these teams to get by Tampa, to get by Boston or Toronto, or Pittsburgh or Philly. It's a lot to come up with. I was going to say, we but can't even get out of our division. <laughs> you got some skill. You got a shot. Got a shot. And the nice thing about the NHL playoffs is it rarely goes the way of the seeds. I mean, it's you, not you uncommon. You cannot script it. You are 100% right. And that's the beauty of it and why people have to watch every night and why we get so many game sevens. Absolutely. Think, Go ahead. Think about, George, when they switch the playoff system now that you play in conference, essentially, in division, in your first two rounds, the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of, some people question it, but I think what the league has done is brilliant because it creates um, the two teams that play each other know each other much better. So there's immediately you're deep into a series and you're getting more six, game sixes and sevens than ever before in the playoffs. And a lot of it has to do the way, with the way the format is. And ultimately, if you're going to win the Stanley Cup, you got to beat every team you face. And so if the Penguins play the Capitals in the second round or the conference finals, ultimately does it matter? They still have to beat that team. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's an interesting take, and I hadn't looked at it that way. And, and you're absolutely right. From a business perspective, uh, I could see where team two teams being familiar with each other would, would you know, have a long – you'd have a better or longer series. But you're right, as a Caps fan, to see the Penguins or the Rangers in the first or second round every year – you know, we, we need our momentum. We need to get going. But, but I, I do agree, and it sounds like it's been it's been great for the sport. Talk a little bit about uh, the NHL and, and NBC and, and that partnership. And for and for example, was was NBC? You've been a longtime partner. Was NBC a part of that discussion at all? Was that what, do you guys recommend things to the league that they then undertake take under consideration? I mean, how how does that work? On the hockey operations side, Gary and Bettman and his team make the decisions. Um, it, they really do that completely independently as they should because they're running a league. Mm -hmm. Our job is to cover the games and, and tell the stories as, as best we can. But the league has been incredibly helpful in giving us additional access and opportunities to try unique things like the Winter Classic. I mean, that was something that the league worked with us on to create a 10-pole event on January 1st, which really changed the way people viewed hockey. And, and, and so that, that's been around for a while. So how long have you guys been partners? We, our first Stanley Cup final was in 06, so we came in in the 06 season. Okay. And that one was pure NBC um, a partnership there. 
and we had the lockout year preceded us, and we were partners going into that lockout year. And during the lockout, we looked at how we wanted to change the way we covered hockey. And the league was great because we came up with this concept of, of inside the glass and taking the next player or an ex-coach and putting him between the benches. And the hockey broadcast group at the NHL was skeptical of if it would work and why we wanted to do it. And we're pushing back to a degree. And I got in a meeting with, with Gary Bettman and Bill Daly, and Gary said, Sam, what do you need? And we said, hey, we'd love to have this position between the benches. Here's why we think it'll make the game more interesting. And we think it can engage the audience in a way that has never been done before in any sport. And Gary immediately said, I don't see a problem with that. And now it's become the standard. Uh, at the Olympics, they literally create an inside the, inside the glass spot for up to three broadcasters. So it really has taken over the entire global hockey coverage system. Uh, and I think it's an innovation that other sports have copied as well. Um, at least this idea of talking to people, you know, middle of the periods and during the games and things like that. Um, another another thing that's been pretty successful you got for you is, is the Wednesday night rivalry night. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we wanted to have a, a destination night for the sport of hockey, and Wednesday was the perfect night for it um, because you look at the calendar, and that's the night that there's going to be no Thursday night or Monday night football in the first half of the season, and it just seemed to be a natural place to have hockey uh, stand up and say, look at us. And the league has done a great job scheduling games in that window. In fact, we met yesterday just trying to think of better ways to schedule that and to protect ourselves for late in the season when there might be games that uh, don't live up to what they look like going into the season. You, know, you don't expect the Chicago Blackhawks to fall out of contention. And obviously when the team's out as early as Chicago was, you're not going to get the same rating in that market as you would when they're driving for the playoffs. So we're trying to think of ways to, to protect that back end of the schedule. And the league's great about it. They've got a really smart guy who runs the scheduling, Steve Hatsopetros, and he works through all the different scenarios and helps us make sure they are special games that are must-see TV on Wednesday nights. So, so that's a lot about the regular season. Obviously, those are regular season games. D does your production cha change, ramp up? Do you do things differently now that you're you're heading into the playoffs, or is it pretty much the same? Well, I think it it changes round by round, and and that's the unique part of of this tournament. Is you start out doing all series, and the neat thing is since the new contract with the NHL was current television deal we cover every playoff game so every single playoff game is broadcast and available to folks in the united states so we're trying to drive audience from game to game and taking people who might not have their team playing uh, get them engaged in watching other teams and if you're a hockey fan and you live in boston and last year you didn't have the bruins in the playoffs you still should be watching hockey and that we got to make sure we get you into the tent and that's what our, our goal this year with the folks in Chicago. How do we get them to watch and how do we get them to pay attention? I think that's to showcase the stars, have fun with the game. Um, we're going to open the playoffs this year with Jeremy Roenick in Las Vegas, and the NHL is putting on a pregame event for the Knights game and the Knights and the Kings playing tomorrow night. And we'll celebrate this expansion team who's done the unthinkable and made the playoffs and are a real contender to go deep into the playoffs. So we're going to celebrate that. We're going to show it off. 
In fact, we did a 30-minute <clears throat> documentary on the season of the of the Knights and what their season was like and took you inside kind of from start to finish how it all happened. And that's been airing over the last week and a half as a way to make sure the audience knows there's a great story going on in a brand-new hockey market. Absolutely, and I want to remind our listeners that they're listening to the Wharton Sports Business Show on Sirius XM 111. I'm your host, George Perry, and we're speaking with Sam Flood, president of production and executive producer at NBC Sports and NBCSN, who will be, and they will be featuring all of the uh, hockey games. Now, there's more channels than just those two channels, right, Sam? Yeah, we're, we've got games on, as we have since uh, 2012 playoffs, where we had games on CNBC and USA Network, and NHL Network picks up some games, and for one night during this playoff run, Golf Channel is going to slide in because USA and CNBC had pre-scheduled conflicts. Um, they've been incredible opening up their schedule at night for us throughout all these playoff runs, and for the first time in eight years, we have to call a slight audible and go to Golf Channel, but considering the Ryder Cup and the British Open are both on the Golf Channel, and people consume at crazy levels of those two events, uh, we're confident we can drive people over there, and they'll know exactly where to watch. And we might have Jeremy Roenick, who's a golf freak in his own right, make sure he's engaged with the hockey that night because he is a golfing hockey player, and hockey players are almost always golfers. And they all, they all, they—they're all Happy Gilmore, right? <laughs> yeah, but they're a little <laughs> one of my favorite movies. <laughs> a little better with a putter. They don't use the hockey stick. <laughs> That's good. Um, so uh, one thought I had, too, was, you know, do you, uh, as you're doing these hockey games, are you catering, are you looking at the production in, as, as if you're, you're producing for an, an avid fan or particularly in the playoffs? And you, are you trying to get some of the more casual fans involved as well? And, and is there a difference there? There's a goal is to get everyone inside the tent. And you don't want to dumb down the game so that the core fan is going to say, oh, come on. But when you have Doc Emmerich as your lead play-by-play guy, he could make reading the most boring legal transcript exciting because he's just got a, a way, a wit, a charm, and a flow that invites everyone in the tent and makes you understand the game and at the same time care about everything that's going on. And you get to know some fun details about people all in real time. And you mix that up with Eddie Olchuk, who sees the ice, as well as any person has ever seen the game of hockey. And he, he sees things from uh, the booth, which is five stories above the sheet of ice, that people down at ice level can't see. I mean, it's just remarkable what he's able to see. Uh, and then you've got the fun of Pierre inside the glass, hearing the banter back and forth between the benches. And we know in this first round with Pittsburgh and Philadelphia playing, there are occasionally some... Uh, unrefined moments that happen, shall we say, between those two benches, and those moments uh, will be translated and fun for television and, and make people understand how deep the division is between this in-state rivalry. Now, what are you doing during the whole production? Are you are you in the truck directing? Or are you just kind of letting your team do things, or how, how's that work for you? Well, I, I travel out. To, I start the playoffs in the studio as much as possible, um, just watching what's going on in the studio, listening to the game sites. And our, our team is so good right now. They know what their job is. They know what stories they need to tell and how to execute them because we do so many games during the regular season that everyone doing these games is, is well-practiced. So my job is just to pay attention and make sure we're moving audiences to where we need them to be. 
Um, and then after we get through the first few nights, I'll go out to games and be in the truck and just supporting the teams and making sure everyone's uh, engaged and having fun, which they always are. So I'm Saturday, I'm going to go to the game in Boston, and then Sunday I'll be back in the studio, and then Monday I'll go to the Devils game in New Jersey. So it's just bouncing from place to place and game to game and checking in with our folks and making sure we're entertaining and telling people a story of how special this game is. And and you, in addition to producing hockey, you produce a number of other events, a uh, recent Super Bowl, a, uh, the NASCAR for, for a number of years. Is it is it all very similar or is it all com- each sport is completely different and you, you just have to look at it from a different perspective? Each sport is different and you have to approach differently. But when I did NASCAR for from 01 to 06, I realized how valuable a pit reporter was and how real-time information – change the way you consume a product so you're really learning in real time all that's going on with the race team and the crew chief and the driver because your pit reporter is down there talking to the crew chief and observing at race level every decision that's being made and from that experience came inside the glass for hockey we saw that the value of that pit reporter was there a way to create that and translate that in the hockey world and so there is carryover Big difference, though, uh, in NASCAR, there are 40 cars in the track. And which car is the ball? In a stick-and-ball sport, the puck is the story. In Mm -hmm. hockey, if you've got the puck in the frame, you pretty much have where the story is going. With NASCAR, with 40 cars, which one's the ball? Is it the car that's leading the race? Sometimes, but if that car has got a six-second lead... Uh, that's not going to be great television to watch a car six seconds ahead of everyone else. So you've got to go back and find where the ball is. What's the story? And that's the unique challenge in that sport. Fantastic. Very interesting. Now now that you're doing hockey, and, and I understand you were, you were a former hockey player yourself, captain at Williams College. Um, first of all, is it, this must be your dream job. And, and second of all, did ha- having played the game, did that, that ha- did, does that help you as a, as a producer of, of hockey? Yeah, it, it helped a lot, and I'm the son of a coach. My dad was my high school coach and raised me playing hockey, so I I saw a lot of the coaching side of hockey, so you see the game a little bit differently, and you look at the game a little bit differently as you know you watch your dad um, as a little kid break down how you wanted to play against people and how you wanted to execute on the ice. So some of that translates now as a producer of hockey, and you anticipate what's going to happen because, um, as Wayne Gretzky was so great about it's where the puck could be next that's almost as important as where it is right now. And so you kind of see the game evolve and you see the chess pieces being moved to set up for that goal. Interesting. And, and I'm probably aging myself here, but um, there was a time, I think it was Fox, that started uh, trying to track the puck because one of the challenges was people couldn't track the puck. Did HDTV make a big difference for, for the sport of hockey, do you think, in that respect? I think it's, yeah, that and 16 by 9. I think the framing for hockey, um, 16 by 9, is huge because it plays the way the puck is. And secondly, HD, the clarity of the puck, it's made a huge difference. You can really follow the puck now. Um, you know, the league and others are testing different technology where there's a way to, to follow the puck, for, for perhaps on replays. Um, but we certainly um, are always looking at ways to make sure folks engage and enjoy the game at the best possible level. And if that means putting a trail on the puck in in a replay, we'll look to do that in the future. 
And then um, I, I know that um, you know you're not on you're not on the advertising or sponsor side, which is actually where I've spent a lot of my career. Um, but but the question I have really is, over time, how have advertisers or sponsors kind of made an impact uh, on the production side of things? And and I'm thinking, you know, certainly they, in some sort of brand integration is is way more valuable than. Uh, you know, than a than a thirty second commercial, and I'm just wondering if that's had any impact on how you guys have produced games, and and whether there's been a, you know a particular sponsor that's done something particularly innovative. I, I think it's been fun to see all of them engage with us, and you get some that some sponsors will pick up on a, a special that you're doing and and support it. Um, you know, there's a there's a hockeyville that we do, craft hockeyville, where you go out to the local communities and engage with local ranks, and I think it's a a unique program and a unique way to engage the core hockey fan uh, as they go fix up uh, a rink. And the first time they held it, the rink that they went to fix up was where the movie Slapshot was filmed. So it is special that that engagement and getting down to grassroots hockey happens um, and people really reacted well to it. And and do you do the ad sales guys come up with these ideas and and bring them to you or or, or are you production? There's a production team and sometimes involved in some of these conversations ahead of time. We have a, a guy Rob Sawyer who works with me, and Rob's job is to figure out the best way to integrate a sponsor and make the audience want to pay attention to it. And you don't want to have a, a sponsorship that doesn't help the audience and doesn't help the sponsor. And what Rob has been able to do. And he does it across all our platforms, from Sunday Night Football to NASCAR to hockey, you name it, he does it. And it creates this wonderful integration point where you really think through how it's going to help the production and help the sponsor. And that's the method that we've been using for a number of years now, and we think it's been very successful. And the sponsors uh, really engage in it and know that it's, it's a better way to play the game. And and how do you what do you think is the uh, the health of the NHL? Is it um, is it a, a growing sport? Is it in a good place? Is it does it you know? I'm sure you're going to say good things because they're a partner of yours, but just kind of where do you think hockey is headed in the next ten years or so? I think it continues to grow. I think the game has become faster and better. Um, the rule changes everything from three on three for the overtime to the pace of play to the letting the fast the stars be stars and getting rid of the hooking and holding and, and kind of the slow down techniques that were part of hockey. I think all the rule changes that, that Gary Bettman and the team have put together have made this a much more enjoyable watch of a game. And the speed is stunning. And the young players coming in to have the number of, of new players coming to a team like the Boston Bruins and the Philadelphia Flyers and fly up and down the ice, it just has changed everything. And I think because of that, more and more people are going to catch on to how great this game is and now you uh recently produced a super bowl as well um is there a big difference in producing a super bowl which is kind of a one-time event versus a a stanley cup which is a a series yeah we we obviously have a team led by freddie godelli who who does all our sunday night football and then um i oversaw the pregame for the super bowl and that's you're planning for one long show that has a ton of content in it, and it's, you know, the number one sporting event and the number one viewed event uh, each year. So it's a big honor and a big privilege to be able to do that. So we work a lot of time figuring it out. But these two teams that play in the Super Bowl um, rarely meet during the regular season. 
and so there's not the same kind of history where hockey you play a seven game series and even if you only played two times during the regular season that stanley cup final teams get to know each other and game one might be a little bit of a sparring and they kind of testing each other out and throwing a few jabs here and there but when you get to games two through seven it is teams knowing each other and going hard at each other and and the animosity and the skill builds as the series goes on and that's what makes it so special that these battles and what these players lay on the line everyone says well the season ends and they go off and play golf no they don't (laughs) they go off and rest and heal their bodies and the injuries that come out at the end of a playoff series at the end of a run for every one of these teams it's crazy what they are able to go through pain-wise and get back on the ice night after night. I mean, it's a very special brand of athlete that can perform at these speeds, at this level, with a kind of pain and injury to go through um, and keep doing it night after night. Speaking of pain and injury, what's what's your take on fighting in hockey? It's certainly popular for fans, but uh, you know, I don't think the league is a big fan of it. Uh, I, as a kid, thought it was the coolest thing going. Um, But the more I see it, the more I think the time has come for it to be out of the game of hockey because I'm afraid of something bad happening on the ice. I'm afraid of someone getting hurt um, with just the wrong thing happening. I understand that it's a part of the culture, and I think it's going to be around for for longer, and I think the league will do the right thing uh, ultimately. Um, But the number of fights have been reduced dramatically. So I think it's inevitable that at some point it'll just almost organically leave the game. But, you know, I I don't think it is critical of the game anymore because I think the new speed game and the way the game is being played right now, that you're so entertained when you're in that rink that you don't need to have a fight to change that. Yeah, and it's interesting. I you know I was uh, I'd watch NASCAR races and like anybody, I thought the crashes were cool as long as anybody didn't get hurt. Until I started sponsoring drivers and started getting to know them and realized that they were real people in those cars. And the last thing you want is is some of these guys to get hurt. Um, we've got about another minute, so before we go, I just wanted to ask you, kind of, you know, what are you looking forward to most about about this postseason? Game sevens. There's nothing better <laughs> than a game seven in the sport of hockey. A game seven is. You can't match it. You can't match the energy, the drama, and the moments that come from those. And as we all know in in the world today, moments is what we all wait for. And a game seven is one of those moments that you can't miss in sports. And if we get so fortunate as to have a game seven in the Stanley Cup final, that would be the ultimate end of this spectacular season. Sam, you might like game sevens, but as a Capitals fan who has been on the wrong end of many game sevens... (laughs) I agree with you, I, though. They're, they're fun I to watch, but, boy, yeah. they can be hard to, to go through if you're on the losing end. Sam, we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, best of luck uh, during the playoffs. I know I'll be watching uh, and, uh, and and looking forward to all the innovations that you have coming in the future for hockey. Well, thanks for having me on. You bet. You've been listening to the Wharton Sports Business Show on Sirius XM 111. Join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. This is George Perry signing off. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.